Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. This is episode 205. 205. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, uh, we got news on the pipeline. It was uh, hacked. They paid yeah, ransoms. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk uh, about the pipeline. We're going to talk about the pipeline. And I'm going to... I'm a, I got to talk about something real quick. And before I get into it, I think your your mic is coming through your uh, your thing there. So uh, it's, it's rubbing your your collar. So, uh, yeah, that yeah, it's coming through there. So I want to switch your microphone. Um, I realize we got on here. Uh, I'll mute you while you're doing that. Just just let's recap for last week. Josh offered to work with the dark side group out of uh, Russia or East Europe or wherever they're at around the world. China, I don't know. Africa, I have no idea. Um, he offered to his services. Shortly thereafter, it was announced that they got a five million dollar check. So my first question is, Josh, why did you go for such a little dollar? Like, like, or was that just your cut, the five million? Because it feels like you could have gotten more than five million off the deal. It's a one man show, man. <laughs> kind of like the Texas Oil and Gas podcast. Oh man! Oh, shots fired! <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> That hurts. That hurts. Um, whew. So, well, it was interesting to see that, you know, just, you know, the podcast goes out and then like the next day or whatever, they, uh, they strike a deal. And I mean, you're back this week. So obviously, you know, um, feeling good, feeling good this week. Man. <laughs> Ready to go fishing. <laughs> we, we didn't lace the pockets. Uh, yeah, we, we better watch out though. Uh, we might get the SEC calling for real. If we don't, I had nothing to do with this. This is all him. So other other thing Josh is that came out was um, Welp W E L P magazine released the top 20 gas podcast of 2021. Now I don't know if these are ranked in order or not. Um, It doesn't say if they are or not, but the number for the first one, then it's definitely in order. You no, know, it's the second one, which has had me contor- confused. The first one is Buddha at the gas pump. Buddha at the gas pump. I hadn't heard of that one. Uh, good for Buddha at the gas pump. Uh, but the second one is your boys here at the Texas Gas Podcast. So I will share that link out. Um, thanks for the folks at Welp for hooking us up with uh, on as one of the best oil and gas pod- or gas podcasts there are. And so it's a an honor for that. And uh, anyways, man. So and we got Jay Young coming on the show here in a little bit. Sure, he'd be fired up as always. The legend, that's young. Yeah, well, it's been a while since we had him on. Uh, so Ryan, right now, as I'm looking uh, at the oil prices, WTI crude is at sixty six oh seven. Um, there's an article that I'll have referenced here in a bit that says uh, due to some ca- cautions about inflation that get you know, oil prices drop down to sixty four. Um, but it looks like they're, they're back up for the day already. And, uh, yeah, the market seems to be, be holding steady. Yeah. You know, we talked to, uh, Ben and I had this little morning show we're trying out. And this morning, one of the things I talked about was kind of now where we're at. And I don't think this is a particularly a, uh, Joe Biden issue. I think Trump would have been in the same, same, same boat, but you know, last week the news came out that, um, that um, 
you know, the, we had some bad job numbers. Uh, there's some inflation news that you just referenced. And, you know, then what the next day or the day after the CDC comes out and says, hey, no need for masks anymore. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, at the time it was kind of weird, you know, <laughs> like just, just saying like, timing was kind of, kind of weird. And so um, I think where we're at right now with economic indicators and stuff is that there's plenty of negative in e- economic indicators and plenty that are showing signs of recovery. Um, and, you know, the basis of our economy um, or our dollar, at least, is the belief in our dollar, our economy, right? So our our currency is backed by the belief in said currency. Yeah. And so, you know, the government, whether, again, I think Trump would be in the same boat here uh, because of what happened last year, that they have to try to put out as much positive news as possible to make sure that um, the, the, the faith in the U.S. dollar and the U.S. economy is still there. And, you know, if... If those bad indicators wouldn't come out, I'm not so sure we would have seen the mask stuff roll back so quickly. However, the bad news comes out. It's like, okay, well, we've got to, we've got to get this economy going. So roll back the mask and let's see if that helps. Because as we know, you know, Texas was criticized for the, their Neanderthal thinking back in whatever it was when Mabbitt uh, uplifted the mask stuff. But, um, but that had no, that seemed to have no bearing on our, our COVID stuff since then. So um, it's just interesting to kind of watch how this unfolds. And you know, as far as oil prices go, obviously the better the economy is doing, uh, the uh, more stable or the, the potential for stronger oil prices or stable oil prices is there. And so that is the one, the one shining light through all this. Yeah. So uh, 15 days of flattening the curve. We are at one year and what three months two and a half months i think the curves um, the curves officially flattened right yeah we have flattened the dog crap <laughs> out of that out of that curve boy it is one with the asphalt now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think uh, there was a uh, abbott put out a, uh, a tweet yesterday where he said that uh covet deaths were zero yesterday mm. in texas and uh i believe clay travis retweeted um Neanderthal thinking there. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and that's you know that's the thing with all this COVID stuff is that it's been so politicized now that you know you can't. It's, you know, is Biden going to walk back his comments from whenever they were a month or two months ago, whenever that was? Now, no, he's not walking back. The, the CDC is just going to change their their stuff, and so um, it makes it tough if you're not a real news hawk to kind of figure out what's going on. So, um, I, I but but all seriousness, let's get back to the colonial deal. Five million dollars. That that seems a little low, right? Well, so here's the thing. Uh, the reason that I think that it might not be low is because there's no guarantee that they're actually going to give the information back. So I don't know that Colonial would have been willing to do much more. I think keeping it a low number makes Colonial be like, ah, it's you know, it's not going to make or break us. You know, uh, this is on the grand scheme of things, this is just a blip on the radar for us. See, uh, I think if they would go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was about to say, if, if they would have asked for too much, it would have been, well, we don't have any guarantee that they're going to give us information. So it's too risky to, to give them much more than that. So it seems like the number is low enough where you could might be worth the risk of paying it. That's yeah. kind of how. Yeah. Oh, there's a, uh, Hey Stu and, uh, uh, Stu, I was on Stu's show last week. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, it's about fracking a whale and he goes fracked a whale. Uh, W H A L E. So yes, uh, no, no, 
not freck a will over the weekend, Stu, but I hope uh, hope you had a good one. So after our show last week, what I found interesting was, um, it, or maybe it's during our show, I can't remember. But anyways, Dark Side came out and it was like, oh my goodness gracious, we didn't realize, you know, how bad of a thing this was. We didn't mean to cause all these problems, and yeah, that's really weird because hackers, you know, they kind of go for the throat when they're going for it, right? They're not they're not looking to get like one file. They're looking to um, wiki uh, like you. Yeah, right. They're, they're like, and so so I, I feel like they kind of got you know uh, sent a sent a message. Like, hey, walk outside, look above, you see the drone, <laughs> like, leave this alone. And so that's kind of my read on it. Again, that's just pure, pure speculation. Um, and so you get the $5 million payoff, it makes you kind of think, okay, maybe there's a little bit of government government pressure um, or negotiating to get... Um, to get the, the to get the deal done, whereas uh, Darkside kind of knew that if they didn't do a deal, that they uh, and they still might, you know, just disappear. Um, and Colonial kind of had the assurances that you're speaking of that if they didn't turn over everything, then you know the Russians, because I think the Russians, I, I can't remember if they ever determined where Darkside was, but you know, um, wherever these people are located, you know, Biden could have justifiably bombed them as a threat to national security, right? And so, um, and so he could have said, "Hey, this is a threat to national security. You're 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 um, starting a war with us. We're going to go bomb you." So I, I think that probably was a little back channel negotiation happening there that allowed for um, this payoff to um, to happen for five billion because it seems extremely low. But maybe not. Maybe they're just nice guys. Maybe they're, they're the nicest hackers in the world. Well, so I, I was reading the reports when it came out over the weekend, and it said that when they released it into the um the encryption key or whatever to, for them to, to fix it, that it was so outdated that it ended up not really, not really working. They had to go reboot their system anyway. So it, I don't think that it was, um, I, did, I don't know enough about how the security systems operate mm -hmm. um, to, to fully digest everything that, that it said. And I think they're trying to keep a lot of it under wraps anyway. Uh, but it, it seems that they, it took a while for them to fix the issue because they, they rolled it out in waves. Um, and I believe that as of this morning, uh, let's see, there's an article that, oh yeah, U.S. fuel crisis eases as Colonial Pipeline recovers from cyber attacks. So um, as of today at 4.15 a.m., the gasoline shortages have been improving drastically. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, right, because now it's, it's starting to flow, and so um, you know, it's 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 been it has been interesting because you know you feel like um, there's been so you have gasoline prices, and then you have oil prices, and obviously there's a connection there, uh, and then you have the spike from the the shutdown, and I, I'm not really sure what oil and gas folks are wanting right now because some are wanting to blame Biden for the higher gasoline prices. Okay. Um, now the spike last week, we can set that aside for half a second. Um, but the oil prices are up. So is, I mean, if the oil prices are up and you're on gas, that's what you want on some level. Obviously the point was too high, but do you give Biden credit for that? Or do you criticize him for that? Because it's, it's, it, it, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a catch 2020 catch 22 here. Right. And, and this is why kind of some of the, the political theater that we see is a little bit frustrating. So prices are at 65. Is that despite Biden? Is it because of Biden? 
um, what is your your answer to that so that that question? And it feels like, um, you know, I saw someone today sent me something that said that you know they're blaming about remember some of the stuff that speaker was saying back in the day. I don't know if speaker, yeah. but if he does, hope you know well, speaker. Um, you know, kind of criticizing Trump's policies during his administration for keeping prices low, and so the inverse effect might be true is that. Uh, a Democrat, because he's going to be more regulation, is going to raise the prices. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just it could be the result. And so, um, so if you're frustrated that Biden's gasoline prices or the price, the gasoline prices under Biden, well, uh, but they all those also have a connection to the higher oil prices as well. Again, aside from the colonial thing. And just for a little perspective on the the gas situation, so as of uh, this on the 15th in Washington, D.C., 70 percent of stations were empty, mm-hmm. uh, according to gas firm or according to firm Gas Buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's a half the stations were out in North Carolina, Georgia, Maryland, Virginia and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that's Gas Buddy that is providing those numbers. It did say as of the 15th that um, it had dropped from 16,000 down to 12,000. So it's, you know. It's improving. So, I mean, that's that's actually significant numbers there. I, I saw some folks that uh, on um, in Georgia that were having you know hard time getting gas. Right. Uh, and, and I think, you know, David Blackman's piece we have in here points out something, you know, talks about, you know, kind of the choices that are being made. And part of that is that you, you know, in Texas and Louisiana, where the pipeline starts, and then the further you go, the more. Uh, likely are to see outages because if there is a pipeline shutdown, well, the further you go, the further you are from the refinery. So the longer it takes to truck it or rail it or however you're going to get it there in this case, um, it takes. And so those are, you know, we always talk about you know, policy and decisions and thinking through kind of, you know, how you want to handle stuff. And this is kind of a good example that there, you have this massive infrastructure and it works great. I'm, I'm obviously pro pipeline. Um, but if there is a snafu, then these are some of the, the consequences that you just have to deal with. And, um, I, but I'm curious, do you have a problem with these guys paying, um, five million dollars ransom? Uh, I have a problem with it because they're, I mean, from this standpoint, uh, everybody, I mean, they're probably dealing with the kindergarten, you know, the, the JV team, uh, the, the, the group that are the real killers here are going to see them make 5 million and think you should have went for 500 million. Um, so I, I got a feeling they're coming. I got a feeling you got some hard hitters are going to be coming after them now. I mean, now that that it's out there that they pipelines pay ransoms and a whole country is dependent on these sources. Um, I mean, five hundred million dollars for what it would cost for us to be without fifty percent of the fuel for those seventeen states is not nearly as much as it as the cost would be. So. Um, that's the thing. I, I, if, if we said no, we don't negotiate with terrorists or whatever, and we would have took, taken that approach, uh, it would have discouraged other people from trying it. Yeah, the problem is, though, is that the, the Colonial can't go send a drone to blow up the, the dark side guys. Well, the U.S. can. I'm I know, not saying they well, should. I'm just saying they can't. Right. That's, that's where you get that's where you, that's where it, uh, that's, that's, so that's kind of the, the, the problem here is, is that you have a private company operating a private pipeline. Um, and should the government come to its defense overseas? And if they do, you know, you kind of get into these weird. Um, well, it's a public weird. utility, right? So I think the government does have some rights there because of, I mean, that's eminent domain. It's serving, I mean, 
Uh, I'm not saying the government should go bomb dark side. I, I mean, I think you end up bombing AP journalists, you know. That. Right. Well, I mean, th 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 no, I know what you're saying. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting because um, the U.S.'s foreign policy is um, that they don't negotiate with terrorists, but that's not a private business policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was saying just use that as a reference because, sure. I mean, colonial, personally, they may not have much at risk. They're probably about to lock it down with some serious security stuff but a lot of other pipelines are not uh well maybe they will maybe they'll see this and think okay we we have to update all of our security features on all this infrastructure yeah i see my read on it is the opposite and and, and this again this speculation i think of all the things that could have happened this was the best one um they didn't blow up some kind of infrastructure via a, a terrorist attack you know we have a we have a uh, you know, a, a fuel shortage, which was a pain, um, but if they got paid their five million. I, I, I again, I really suspect there's some back channel talks here between the U.S. and um, you know Russia and Dark Side that let them know that hey, this is not, this will not be tolerated. And if there was something of more severe nature that actually resulted in like death, I think we both agree that Biden or whomever would probably send the drone over and you know start or the commandos, you know, send in the seals or something, and there would be um, people assassinated, killed, captured, whatever, yeah. right? So I don't, and I think that's kind of what happened here. And so we interesting to see. I don't, I don't think that you'll start seeing these more often, um, but maybe you will. I, I just you got to think about through these terms. I say how I think about it rather is is that wherever dark side is, okay. Um, if they're found and we know it's them, the U.S. might go bomb them with a drone strike or send in the SEALs, which means that we're going to go on another country's soil to do this, right? Mm -hmm. and so if you guys are in Russia, just to say that they were in Russia, well, Russia, the last thing Russia wants is us wanting to come in there and assassinate people, right? And at some point, we're going to say, right or wrong, that we're going to do this, whatever Russia thinks. Um, and so I, so I think you start working through those layers or if it's Ukraine, somewhere it was a little bit more friendly to us. Um, I think you kind of work through those layers. I think these foreign governments eventually will say, Hey guys, you know, you might get hack a little bit here and there, but you know, you're shutting down the infrastructure. You're going to bring the wrath of God upon you. You might, you might want to step away from that, but I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Um, what, what, uh, what happened? Well, the thing is, the thing is what I'm wondering is, it, uh, if, if you do it right with Bitcoin, or some of these cryptos, you could potentially mask your identity. So these people may have an ability to like, uh, you know, you ever seen people where they call from a phone and they give it a second location and people show up, you know, seal team six, kick down the door and it's just a phone sitting in there. Um, I mean, you may have, you may have some dudes playing some pretty mean jokes on dark side, you know, getting their booties blown off and, uh, <laughs> and they're chilling in the Bahamas. I'm just saying I wouldn't want to be the leader of dark side right now. That's no, all. no, no. Yeah. And well, as you're saying, there are people that are more competent than dark side out there. Um, I would wager. And that, that if they're confident that they can't get caught or be identified, then you, you have a, uh, which I'm not, I'm not sure that's possible either. I mean, these blockchains make it hard to do that as well. So I think there's some protective measures on the other side. I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. How much of that is you can't get called? How much of it is you hard to get called? I, you know, I have, I have, uh, I have no idea on that. I will say, as their lead consultant, you, I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, 
you know, if if you see some black SUVs pull into your driveway, I'm not your lawyer, but run. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's uh crazy times, you know. Every time 2021 kind of dies down, we get some weird, weird story. And so uh you just never know what to expect anymore, man. You really don't, man. It's uh at the very least, it's exciting times. It's exciting times. You, it, it, you know, it's it's actually fun sometimes waking up and seeing stories that aren't, uh, you know, your typical run of the day stories. You know, it's uh, exciting well, for me at least because I, I look at it so often. It's seeing new stuffs, fun. You know, the other thing I, that we, I know we got Jay coming on here in a minute, but um, you know, so we got Elon right, and so he was going to take Bitcoin for Tesla, and then now he's not. Uh, because it's environmental impact. And, you know, he's getting into the oil and gas space, right? They're going to drill some wells down there for their plant. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how that's going to play with the oil and gas crowd when he gets involved and he starts speaking on our issues more often than what he does now. Because, uh, you know, Bitcoin's kind of one thing or Dogecoin is one thing um, or Tesla. But, you know, when you start talking about the the industry of oil and gas, I wonder how how that's going to go over because you know, just the other day they're going to take Bitcoin for Tesla. Now they're not because it's the environmental impact. And so I wonder how he's going to try to thread that needle um, working with, you know, of course using natural gas, we're all fine, fine and dandy with, but um, how he's going to um, take natural gas and use it to power his factory or whatever they're going to do. You know, when he gets that criticism, will he be running to the hills? Yeah, you know, I, I've, I wondered about that. I saw some comments that he made. He was talking with uh, people, and uh, this was this was a while back, so it wasn't something that was too uh, recent. But he made the he made the mention that um, he didn't want to get rid of fossil fuels. That that wasn't his goal, and that natural gas was a very good transition to uh, cleaner fuels, and that natural gas was going to be necessary in order to develop the renewable technology that would be needed in order to make that that transition and so his his big deal was not necessarily climate it could have been because he was talking to oil and gas people his deal was that oil is a finite resource and that we have to use the oil gas and what we have in order to make that transition so uh, it was interesting hearing his take on it because it seemed a lot more reasonable than what i hear from a lot of the the climate folks he was very open to natural gas and especially seeing it as the transition fuel. Um, so oil, you know, you can transition from oil to more renewable stuff. You're muted. Yeah, sorry. I said the guy makes a living off of the batteries that... Um you know, just strip mine the earth. And so it's kind of weird that he's, you know, he's saying that, you know, you got these issues. I, I don't know. I just, I always find him um, interesting, but as he did, as he dips his toe more into the, the oil and gas space, I'm curious to see how he, how he handles that rhetoric because it's, uh, it's hard to tell how much he responds to criticism, how much he's trolling and how much, um, you know, he really has core fundamental beliefs. And so, uh, you know, I mean, listen, his, his, you know, his company's built off of, um, you know, government subsidies. So kind of like you with that ransom money. 
<laughs> tax free, baby. Actually, yeah. Listen, I wonder if we change this to like the renewables podcast. You know, would we get a tax subsidy? You know, that is an idea, Ron. You I think we're probably neutral, right? Carbon neutral. Uh, we zoom. We we follow COVID nineteen guidelines when we're socially distance. Right. We socially distance. Yeah, we're we're like on the cutting edge of precautionary. Um, I mean, if we had to travel and we don't, I mean, we would even get a vaccine passport if needed, especially if it would give us extra, you know, amenities. You know, uh, you know, whatever the government's willing to give to us, we're definitely willing to, to throw them a bone on here. Or two. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it reminds me of uh, that uh, Australian Australian player, <laughs> the, the 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 what was his name? Australian guy, the big seven foot guy. Um, oh man, uh, huh? Yeah, Golden State uh, Warriors. Oh, uh, He saw some people get uh, censored on Twitter, and he. He's more so conservative, and he put on there, uh, just for the record, my pronouns are he, him. It's a way of oh. trying to keep, keep oh, yeah. Twitter from censoring, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. It's for the record, pronouns are he, him. <laughs> I so really just move on to the next guy. Leave me alone. Oh, gracious. Uh, well, we're waiting on Jay Young. He's in the wrong spot. Let's see if he can uh, get, it, get it figured out here in just a second. He. I'm going to give him a hard time when he hops on the show in a minute because uh, I see him and said, hey, don't don't use this link. Use this link. And he, he used the first link. So uh, I had to give Jay a, a hard time when he shows up. So what, let's go ahead and hit some of the roundup stuff. While we're okay. doing the yeah. yeah. Uh, so Exxon Mobil plans to restart gas compressor at the IANA platform in June. Uh, they said that on May 14th. Uh, compressor at its Liza Destiny platform offshore. And uh, it was producing between 100 to 110,000 barrels per day while flaring less than 15,000 standard cubic feet per day. So uh, that news is there. Uh, we need plenty of that right now. So uh, good news that they're getting that back on online. And then here's one that I was interested in. We need to get uh, – this was curious. So State Senate takes up Texas Energy Independence Act. Uh, the Senate is now taking up this act designed to stop what proponents say is overreach by the federal government in the wake of executive orders President Bi Joe Biden has issued impacting the oil and gas industry. Uh, so I'm I'm love to get uh, possibly get a lawyer on uh, to kind of walk us through the bill and what change. Hey, hey, we know a lawyer. We do. Rob George, come on Rob, in. Come Rob, on, Rob George, yeah, that's what I was thinking you about. So here and come on the podcast. Uh oh, uh oh, I think Jay's I think Jay's in the right spot now. Uh, let's see here. He's he's talking to someone. He's probably firing his whole staff or making him late for this appearance. This is the listen. He comes to the big leagues. You gotta be ready. Let's see here. Yeah, well, he's 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 chewing. Let's see here. Let's see here. Ray J, give us a thumbs up if you're ready. He's ready. Here he goes. Uh, Jay, I, 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 I gotta answer these questions, don't I? Or no? Well, how many employees did you fire for you know sending you to the wrong spot a minute ago? <laughs> I don't know. It was my fault. It, it, it was absolutely 100% my fault. Don't take the blame. Blame someone else. It's easier than that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look at you looking all dapper. What's up? What, you got a big meeting today? I, I, I was I was on your show, man. I'm like, man, this is... <laughs> I mean, what? Y'all didn't, didn't wear suits and ties? No, no. Uh, I only well, wear suits so before... and Oh, there I am. Okay, hold on. 
I'm trying to figure out how do I get this. You good looking guys. I'm trying to get you good looking guys on my regular. Because it had me answering all these questions, you know, like this is the first time to use this, use this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah there's a, our good friend, Stuart Turley, saying hello. Hey, Stuart. Uh, well, okay, Jay. So for the fo for the folks who might not be familiar with you, um, obviously, let's start off with your resume. You are uh, a big fan of the show. You're my friend. That's the important stuff. But, you know, you kind of you tolerate Josh. Beyond that, for those who aren't familiar with you, <laughs> give a quick bio here. Yeah, so my family's been in the business for over 100 years. Uh, you know, oil and gas backgrounds, Midland, Big Spring, Oklahoma area. Great-grandfather had 12 kids. Everybody's in the old business, you know, so kind of stuck. I, I've tried uh, elsewhere, but, man, I love this oil and gas business. You know, we ran a fund a couple of years ago up to over $300 million in a very short time with uh, some debt and equity, and I want to do the same thing again. So um, that's kind of what we do, King Operating. I wrote a book called The Upside of Oil and Gas Investing. Forbes is my publisher, and, and I said, hey, you know what? Stay away from those. Stay away from the, the 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 deals out there that are just you know that, that that you'll never make any money. My neighbor called me the other day and said, "Hey, I want you to look at this deal." And he goes, um, "I said, dude, that's that deal's not good. It's, you're gonna lose your money." And he goes, "Yeah, I know. I've already gotten two checks off the other one, and and it's already in deficit." And I said, "Okay, hey, man, don't you don't have to invest with me? Just don't invest with those companies that you don't have a shot." You know, I said, "You know, read my book." So we're going to read my book. But anyway, I love the oil and gas business, and I love Ryan Ray. I don't know what to put the hashtag in there. I was going to put, I love you, my friends, Ryan Ray hashtag, but I couldn't. You put a you put a, a an at sign before the name, or did you put the. Just put hashtag Ryan is the goat. That's it. Hashtag Ryan is Ryan the goat. Ryan is, you Everyone are the goat. Know. Everyone will know. You are the goat. That's what so, Josh says. Well, listen <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you if you listened to the show last week, but Josh came out and said that he was willing to consult with the Colonial Pipeline hackers, and then like the next day they got a five million dollar deal done. So I'll let you put the I'll let you connect those dots. Woo! Hey, I, 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 Josh didn't make five million, or he wouldn't be here today. <laughs> I think he's trying to downplay his connection with the uh, with the uh, with the dark side over there. So uh, wow, yes, Stuart fracking a whale. <laughs> so, wow, that's awesome. So, so listen, I know you are uh you were one of the few people last year that was kind of bullish on the price of oil. Josh and I were talking about it a minute ago. Um, you know, it's at sixty, what, three or four, whatever it was this morning, I can't remember. So help us kind of from your perspective. So the price is good. So let's let's start there. But the other thing is is that we we kind of are getting mixed signals about the economy and the strength of the economy. So you have kind of the bad numbers that comes out from the federal government, and then oh, by the way, they miraculously lift some of the CDC guidelines probably to spur on economic growth. Um, are you confident in these prices? You think these prices are, are good, they're stable, or are you worried that we might see a dip? Um, I'm curious your thoughts because you were one of the few bulls last year. Yeah, yeah, I was bullish last year, and I'm still bullish. I, you know, I was really bullish because there's nothing holding the price hold down. But let's say but now because I, I was like, you know what? Rate count's down. U.S. production's down. There's no capital out there. There's private equity companies jumping ship. There's big, huge private equity companies, these companies, they can't even go into the oil and gas business anymore because their investors are saying, go green or you don't get any money, you know, type deal. So they're like, okay, well, the capital's drying up for all of us. And we don't see recount getting back to 500, 600, you know, rigs 
Yeah, you need 600 rigs a day to really keep it calm and to keep it where it's it's leveled out at you know 12 million a day. We're not going to have that because that's just not where we're going with uh, with this. So we're not even going to get back there. So I'm I'm still feeling like you know the price is going to come down, or I'm sorry, the recount is going to come down, and then when that happens, you're going to see a need for the oil, and we're not going to have it. We need over 20 million barrels a day in the United States. Over 20 million barrels a day we need, and we don't have it. We're only producing 11. You know, so we're, we need 9 million barrels somewhere else. And when I say that I didn't see anything holding it back, Ryan, what I was really saying was there's nothing holding it back. It's going to go to 100. I mean, J.P. Morgan said 190 in a couple of years. Now, what I think will happen is you will see Saudi Arabia, Russia start flooding the, the market with oil when it gets over to over 100. If it goes to 90, 100, you'll see Saudi Arabia, Russia flood the market with oil again because they don't want $100 oil here. Because when you see $100 oil, man, it's like, you know, it costs $20, $30 to drill it and you can make 70, 80 bucks. Oh my gosh. So everybody gets in the oil business and that puts Saudi Arabia and Russia out of business. And don't forget, I mean, their budgets are, are, are satisfied by the amount of oil that they sell because they produce so much more oil than they consume. They make money. Their country makes money by selling oil. Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, Russia, the OPEC countries, Iran, Iran, they make money by selling oil and they don't want it to go to 100 because we're putting them out of business because we're drilling more. And the more we drill, and the more we produce, the more we're put, putting them out of business. So, uh, and plus with Biden, you know, cutting back on, you know, federal lands and Keystone mm-hmm. pipelines and yada, yada. I mean, it's just, it's tightening up. And when we tighten up and we drill less, we have less supply, more demand. You, you know how that economics 101. Biden I'm still 99, but I think I know where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> So let's talk about Biden. Josh and I were talking earlier. Okay, so how long it, were y'all on before I came? Did we, did you said you talked about three or four different subjects, man. Was I really that late? Well, we had you scheduled for ten thirty. Okay. Uh, so oh, we, oh we, y'all, y'all were doing okay. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you, you were you were fine. Um, Great, Josh. And so, um, you know, we're talking about uh, Biden beforehand, and so you're, you're kind of getting weird messages from the oil and gas community right now. So gasoline. Prices are up, which are obviously tied to oil prices. Take the colonial incident and put it to the side because that, that caused a spike. But before that, gasoline prices were on the rise. And people in some oil and gas critics are like, oh, this is Biden's fault. It's like, okay, well, but okay, <laughs> the oil prices are up too. And so do are we critical of Biden or are we praising Biden? And you can't, to me, it's kind of hard right now to, you know, if they implemented some kind of huge tax on gasoline that directly impact the price of gasoline. You can say, okay, this is Biden's fault that gasoline prices are up, but we don't want in America, at least we don't want $35 oil. So if the federal um, mandate has caused the prices to rise, if kind of this pressure to get investors to pull out has caused less drilling prices to rise on some level, does he get some credit? I'm curious what you, how you, how you think about those issues? Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. I'll tell you what, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing uh, uh, with Biden coming in, I mean, the Keystone pipeline will open up. I don't think it's going to be closed forever. That was a political deal. Anything Trump wanted, I'm signing off. You know, so it, it will come back. You know, 
you'll see you'll see it start opening up. I mean, we need jobs, and don't forget the amount of the amount of state income tax that the state of Texas makes on production. You know, we pay four and a half percent on oil, seven and a half percent on gas. I mean, we pay a tremendous amount of tax, and that's why we don't have a, a state income taxes because of of the oil. So, you know, we're we we need jobs and we need oil and we need everything and I believe that it's coming back and we're starting to produce more. We're starting to come back and and you know Biden doesn't want you know I mean California is paying four dollar gas gasoline prices right now. I think in Texas it's around three three dollars uh, for gas and I think you can get uh, you can get two dollar gas at Taco Bell. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was a that's a joke. But uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, if it was only if it uh, only you, I would say that joke. Okay, and listen, you guys, you know. listen, my wife. <laughs> two dollar burrito. That sentiment went out. Yeah, two dollar burrito. Uh, anyway, so um, but I'm saying that that we we can't. You know, Biden understands it, but I think he's being obviously being political about the whole situation. But you've got to have drilling. You know, because drilling brings jobs and it's just, I mean, just think about it for a second. If you, if a rig's running in West Texas, you're spending a hundred million dollars a year. One rig, right? Two rigs, 200 million, 300 million. That all goes in the economy. That all goes in the cities. It goes to the barbershops, the restaurants. And, and man, if you're not drilling, it kills the economies of these small towns and you got to get back to work. And, and when you do, it just helps out everything. So, Biden will see that, but he's also going to be very political. You know, we're going to see, uh, we're, we're not, we're, I mean, the, the oil, I don't know if he understands about how much oil that we need in the United States. And, you know, and by, you know, decreasing the amount of oil production, how bad that is for our country, you know, and, and when, when it went to zero or minus 37 for a few minutes and, I was on your show then. Thank you, sir. Um, but, you know, when when prices go negative, you know, it puts everybody out of business in, in West Texas. I mean, man, it just things shut down. Now everything's coming back. You know, we're, we're seeing a Permian deal we love at these prices and everybody's coming back. We need we need more. So Biden is good for our ourselves in oil and gas companies, but I don't know if he is right for the consumer because gasoline prices are going up. And I've, I've mentioned that. I mean, I said, you know, four or $5 is something that if we don't, if we don't, if we're not careful, we'll see those gasoline prices by the end of, end of this year. Well, uh, there was an article that came out that uh, Texas is trying to fight some of the, um, that, you know, Biden trying to prevent drillers from drilling on federal lands. We're seeing New Mexico, or I, my, I guess my curiosity is going to be, New Mexico has a lot of federal lands that are trying to be drilled. This ban on, on those federal leases is going to affect them tremendously. If you look at the amount of money, the revenue that they're bringing in from taxes and drilling, New Mexico is even, I think, even more dependent on it than Texas is. And so I'm curious to see how the Biden administration deals with i think the fallout that they're going to see this year either that or i've i've misread the signs because it seems that uh, new mexico is going to be in a very difficult situation uh come end of the year and they don't have they don't have the income the revenue that they've been banking on for you know the past six to twelve months 
No, you're exactly right, Josh. Yeah, and there's a lot of people too that are that are a lot of rigs are moving from New Mexico over to Texas. You're still the Permian. You're still, you know, Wolf Camp. You know all that stuff. But yeah, so a lot of rigs are coming. And you, I mean, when you're used to that much income and you're projecting out, you know, by drilling and it just completely stops. I mean, it 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 is it's detrimental to your budgets. I mean, that's what you know a lot of countries have seen. You know, and and I just don't want to see it. So yeah, you're right. It is terrible. Yeah, I, it makes me wonder too because Cal, uh, not California, Colorado has been taking some extreme measures. I believe we had someone on the show. Uh, it may have been Stuart. Uh, was on just a couple of weeks ago talking yeah. about these Colorado rules that are going to make drilling even more difficult. And um, you know, in my time with with meeting folks out there, you know, uh, New Mexico and Colorado were kind of like sister states. You know, they had a lot of similar policies and were following a lot of some. I mean. Colorado's way more advanced, you know, on the left side of things. Um, but it seems that New Mexico is following in those footsteps. I wonder how Colorado is going to be impacted as well. And if at some point New Mexico will abandon ship, you know, um, that's just, it's going to be something you're know, curious to watch over the next. Yeah, it's when, when they see the oil and gas income coming down and they see the, the cannabis business is not as big as they that it was before. Because, I mean, at first they were like, okay, hey, that's fine. We'll do away with oil and gas. We got the cannabis, but the cannabis is not not as big as it as it was projected, I say, you know. So that is something that is that is a big problem, you know. So when, when they when they when they miss the money, you know, I know uh Governor Polis out of uh, uh you know Colorado, he's he's talked about it, you know, several times and the regulations and the and everybody's but you'll you'll see You'll see it come back. I mean, it's like we've got a project in Colorado that we're putting into another fund now, and we're we're starting a Permian fund. You know, putting our Colorado deal into a, a Permian fund where you know investors can enjoy in the Permian and the Colorado and a, a couple other midcontinent stuff. But because of that, because if you only have you know Colorado assets, it's a long it's a longer game, right? Mm -hmm. It's a longer game where you're seeing, you know, regulations and all the different things that go along with it. So not good, but it is going to come back. Some of the best places to drill in the country are in Colorado, man. That, that project, I still love that project. And I got a lot of my own money in it, and I, and I want to continue that in the future. But it's just going to, they're, they're, they're cutting it down. So see when New Mexico, Colorado are doing this and regulations are coming down and then, and then you see less people drilling, you have less oil in the market. When you have less oil in the market, and we need it, we're going to go to, guess who? Saudi Arabia and Russia. I mean, uh, you know, Putin said the other day, he said, man, he goes, I am willing to replace every barrel of oil that, that Biden's going to take off the market. You know, this was this was about a month, or I say several months ago when, when, when Biden was cutting this and cutting this, federal regulations and federal lands and and um, all permits, you know, permits are tough, you know, per getting permits are, you know, especially on property that's your, that's your, that's brand new. So it is, uh, but, but you're right. You, you have less, you have less, uh, less uh, supply and the demand continues to go up. People are getting out now. It's going to be summertime. You're going to see prices go up. So one of the things um, I guess 2017, whenever we started the show, you know, you're kind of coming out of the last downturn 
And there was talk about how the industry would move forward. And at that point, it was technology, 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 technology. We haven't really gotten kind of the, the I don't want to say propaganda, but the, the media take on how the industry will survive. What do you think it's going to be? Because uh, you know, our take on the technology stuff was you know, you're going to make some advancements, but it was going from it wasn't going from like the, the, the razor or the blackberry to the iPhone. It was just going from one generation to the iPhone to the next. That's kind of what we're seeing. Um, so I don't I think we're still in that mode. We're kind of just you know, improving the iPhone more or less in, in oil and gas. Um, what, what are, what's going to be the talking point over the next six to 12 months on how the industry survives? Is it um, going to be fiscal responsibility? Is it going to be technology still? Or is it going to be that we've kind of tried everything and we are where we are? What's your read? Because we haven't seen that, but I suspect that's coming at some point. Yeah. And I've, the technology is always going to be there, right? I mean, it's the, it's the places where, you know, we're looking at a project right now that, that, you know, technology is going to play a big part of it, but it's the fracking, it's the, you know, going where oil is already there type stuff. And it's going to be about technology fracking and, 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 you know, being able to dispose of water people, people thinking outside the box, you know, because it is so expensive to drill, you know, deep wolf camp wells. I mean, nine million, ten million dollar AFEs, and, and not good, right? Where and, and people don't have the capital to drill those, well, they're going to have to get open minded and and think outside the box on a lot of different things. And I really feel like technology is going to play a big part of that. And how do we how do we see ourselves being a competitive oil and gas company in the future? You know, and and doing the things that we that we do, but you know. You know, I think from a standpoint of, of, you know, how do we produce more oil in the future? It is going to be about technology, you know, and it is going to be about efficiency and it is going to be about cleaner air and making sure that the, you know, gas emissions and, and things that nature are, are taken care of. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of gas that's being flared in West Texas, not as much as there was, but, hmm. you know, it's kind of good in my opinion that they, they kind of shut that down. You know, Jay, Jay talks about technology, and he mentioned a new fund he's, he's putting together. It feels like putting a podcast inside of an oil and gas fund, that would be like a techno technological oil and gas fund, and probably, listen, probably would help. You know, I'm, I'm just, listen, this is, a, this is a comedy show. This is not financial advice. This is comedy. Right. However, in all seriousness, you know, I'm just saying, like, putting a, put a podcast inside of an oil and gas fund, like you could say you're pretty tech savvy, the first one to ever do such a thing. And, you know, we would probably go, I mean, as you have negotiated with Colonial and uh, Darkside last week, you could probably negotiate a fee uh, with Jay to get us to get that deal done for us. So um, this is something to consider, Jay. This, this is something to consider. Um, okay, before we let you go, tell people where, where what all you have going on. You've kind of touched on it a few times and where they can um, find you at. Yeah, kingoperating.com. You can see my book over there, jryoung.com, J-A-Y-R-Y-O-U-N-G.com. And, and, you know, we, we're putting together the fund now, and it should be done in the next week or two in regards to, you know, we'll have four assets into one fund. We're going we're gonna to raise 75, I'll say 55, 50 to $75 million in debt and equity, in debt and equity to increase the value to $200 million plus and sell. You know, so we'll use debt and equity, get there and, and sell the project and, We've done it twice and we're going to do it a third time. This is the most exciting in my, my opinion. I, I love this stuff and, and I'm, I'm excited about it. I want to see it being done again with um, all the stuff that we're doing now. And, and um, you know, I'm, we, but if the only, I think the only missing link is a podcast inside the oil and gas fund. I mean, I mean, 
I, I mean, I'm, again, this is a comedy show. This is not financial advice. Uh, this is not. This a, is the Gog Show. This, this is, is not, not the Gog Show, right? This is Come not on. solicitation for anything. Um, despite our sudden good looks, um, I will say though that you know a two hundred million dollar fund with this podcast, you're talking about probably you know four to five hundred million dollar valuation. I mean, if I just if I just had to guess, I had to put a slight number on it. That's before your assets. Like well, Josh knows more about the financial part. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, tell me how much it is, Josh. I guess I have to write the check to Ryan, or how does this? Oh no, not Ryan. Not Ryan. It does not go to Ryan. No. Look at a sponsorship with this, or how does that? I don't know. Hey, listen, you can have the whole thing for that. <laughs> I was generous with Colonial, uh, so I'm I'm willing to cut you some slack. Well, I mean, after you get that one under your belt, I mean, everything else is you know, free flying, man. It was his first. It was his first terrorist negotiation. You know, he's really yeah. proud of that one. So, yeah. <laughs> Jay, it's good to get you on. We'll get you all together here in a few months. Check in. Best of luck to you guys over at King, and uh, we'll talk soon, brother. Great, thank you very much. Appreciate you having me on. Thank Absolutely. you. And once again, that is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mister Jay Young, friend of the show. Always good to get him on. Josh, anything else before we get out of here today? uh rob george uh reach yeah. out if you want to come on and talk about the independence act um does it have a shot or is this just a bunch of tomfoolery or is it a, you know a serious thing that texas is looking at so uh, is it fancy footwork or is it something we should uh be on the lookout for so i i don't know i i read it and i'm not sure how legitimate it is okay. i'm sure they're trying it but and then that's it, uh, next week let's see here we got a guest next week i believe yes um we have a guest coming on about electrification next week and so we will get that done and until then everyone keep climbing